Good evening and welcome to the big kickoff here on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. I am Roy Shanahan. You are Dave from Burnley. Up down at turf. <laughs> down to turf. And as for you, Darren Donegal, I hope you're happy ever since your stupid letter. United are back, Liverpool are going backwards. <laughs> United are flying. Please send in more letters and <laughs> destroy this well, league see, campaign. Keeping El Dara happy. Yeah, and speaking of which, United are flying. They're tuning up on Derby at the moment. Igalo Ooh. and Shaw. Good. And the ladies have a couple of seconds, uh, a minute or two left. They're 1-0 up on Greece. Um, I seen it just before I left. Uh, where is she gone? Have I gone backwards? Uh, yeah, Diane Caldwell, literally last kick of the first half, tapped it in off a good uh, good set piece. So a big win um, because Germany are flying it. And that's the 89 minute. Yeah, they scored 30 odd goals in four games. So let's be honest, we'll probably second is our best chance for a playoff spot, but we're, we're in good shape. Good. What have we got on the show? Well, we've got Mr. Shields coming on, Darren Shields. Uh, obviously, he's not here because just in case, like, I know he won't. Um, I was going. I was trying to come up with a joke there, and it's just f- <laughs> that falls flat in my face <laughs> about what may be or maybe not of this Six Nations campaign. Because obviously, the first game is going to be off this week. There's going to be games played behind closed doors. Um, is it going to finish? Will it finish? Will them games be null and void? Will the championship be null? A bit like other ones, like in other sports. Um, but yeah, he'll be on obviously to have a bit of review of what's been happening and what who what what may happen coming up. And obviously we have Nathan, whose surname is Doyle. Oh, it was Doyle? I, I wasn't confident enough. Yeah, should have just went for it from the bigkickoff.com. From the bigkickoff.com is coming on to a bit of review of the weekend and the, and the fact that the League of Ireland is all over the place. CNN and all today it was. What's on? Today? Jordan Flores was on today with the wonder goal. No doubt we'll pl- talk plenty of that. But um, the league is flying a great yeah, start. Everywhere, the, great it? start to the year and superb advertisement last week, last Friday for the for the for the for the league. Um, so he'll be on in the the middle part. I nearly said the middle half. See, <laughs> we do three halves, and he'll be on. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame, this new um, FA Hall of Fame, a little bit. Just as well. brush on yeah. it. Nathan had a say in an article exactly. on, on the website about it. So it'd be interesting just to pull his yeah. article apart there. And. Um, <laughs> Then uh, the final third, who knows? Who knows? We All don't sorts. even know. All sorts. We don't even I'm know. I'm even going to have a pop of Virgil. Ooh. i have a little pop. little pop. Pop of Virgil. I'm not a bitter Liverpool fan, but it's just, I've noticed for a few months. Let's, 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 let's go for it. So you've selected a song, obviously. Yeah, because we panicked. Uh, <laughs> I heard it the other day and I was like, geez, that's a bit of a belter. Well, Man. a mini belter. It's a mild one, but uh, I thought he was Irish. He's not. I think he's Manchester or something. He's a DJ. Alan Fitzpatrick, this is Haven't You Heard? And it's the fifth, it's the Fitzies Half Charged remix. There is a full charged remix and I can see it. We might give that another go another day. But here's the Half Charged mix. Go on, Fitzer. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. On the line, we have Darren Shields of the big kickoff. Darren, how are you doing? Shannon, how's things, mate? You all good? Brilliant. The Six Nations is, well, we're halfway through the Six Nations. And we don't know if we're going to get it finished or not. It's, 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 it's a weird Six Nations. I don't know if that's a... It's all gone foot and mouth, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey. 
Uh, yeah, no, it's hard to know, isn't it? Let's have a little look back. Have a look at Ireland. Let's talk about Ireland, how they performed in the in the Six Nations so far. I mean, their next game is called off against Italy. Um, I'm not in total agreement on that, but let's have a look back. And we can only look back into the last game, which obviously was a defeat. Talk about that there. What was your thoughts before and, and then obviously after? Um, I think going into it, I think we were looking going, it was still always going to be tough. And I think what you'd be worried about kind of looking at it now and even before going into it, when you saw how comprehensively we were beaten by uh, England last year, yeah. a couple of times we played them last year, um, even even if you just take the, the time we played them in the Aviva, as opposed to the hiding they dished out to us before the World Cup, it it really looks like they have our number. You mm. know what I mean? And what kind of worries me a bit is that we're not really trying anything different. Um, I think... I would have liked to have seen uh, Sexton maybe step off a little bit. You know, I, I think it's one of those things that if he's if things aren't working out and he's trying to get up to the line and they have a really hard press, I think he has that. He still maintains that belief that they can find a chink in the armor, and if he pushes it right to the line to the point where he's just about to get smashed, which he inevitably will do, but he will get one of the centers away. Um, and it's just not working. And I think that the resort then to going to the old-fashioned wraparound move that he's been doing for seven, eight years, if not longer, um, it's just got so predictable for defences now that they, they just absolutely lap it up. And if you're a defence like England, where Ireland's ball carriers aren't making, uh, they aren't making the gain line, then what's happening is, as a defender, you're already on the front foot. And it means then that you can get off the line that bit quicker. And you can see that, that they're so athletic. You see the speed that the, even their biggest guys can get off the uh, the defensive line and put pressure on the Irish lads. It would have been nice to see someone just sit back in the corner and then just see, right, can we kick the ball into the corners or even straight down the pitch in behind the fullback and put them under a bit of pressure that way. But, um, yeah, no, it, it was difficult to watch now, I have to admit wasn't the easiest game to, to uh, mm. be a party to. Is there a need to have radical change, maybe just change the guard, or is he doing the right things and sort of bleeding a few in? Uh, I, see, I think the thing with international rugby is you're never going to see anybody completely change a team around. You know what I mean? Like The only time you're ever going to see it is if you're going up against much, much weaker opposition and you're you're looking to blood a few young players or you want to give uh, some of your more established players a rest for a week. It's just that there's too many little pieces in it and too many um, partnerships and relationships and uh, subunits that all need to be working together. That the, the drop-down, if you take out six or seven players um, or more, as some people have tried to suggest in the papers, it, it's it's just crazy. It's never really going to work. Um, you know what I mean? You can see Leinster get away with doing it to a certain degree um, with lads because they can switch from the, their international pro, uh, pro 14 team and then when they go into Heineken Cup, they can bring in 10 or 11 new players into it. But they're so used to playing with each other week in, week out, year on year that it's a, it's a lot harder to do at international level, especially when the, the standard is up that bit higher as well. 
Um, so I don't, I don't know if it's massive changes. I, I think there's a couple of lads could do. Uh, we're getting a run out. I'd like to see Keith Earls get a run. Um, maybe a Jacob Stockdale's expense. Um, who else? Maybe Chris Farrell in the centre. But again, it, it's that kind of thing. If, if those lads come in and are just filling into the same game plan, it's, they're not going to show themselves yeah. off in the best light either. You know that kind of way. That if you're getting teed up by England, it wouldn't matter what 15 players you were that were out there. They were all going to take a pace, and I think mm. the way it was uh, the way it was set up for them. Excuse my ignorance for a second, but did you know that the England Italy game is also postponed? Yeah, that was postponed yeah. today. Yeah. Today, okay. Well then, yeah, yeah, so no, it was no, only today. I was about to say. That's right. That's what I heard, and then I heard the likes of. So, is there any word on? them being refixtured these two games then the Ireland and England game do you know at the not moment not yet not yet I think that, like as far as I know back within 2002 2001 2002 when the foot and mouth came oh, in they yeah. played the games in November or October that's right yeah kind of, there was two or three games left to play um, but I think mm. see, I think there's a lot there's so many things when it comes to how people are reacting to the coronavirus that's all money based or that you have to be very considerate of the money that's involved in it um, hence why like games weren't being cancelled games are being postponed you know what I mean that it, if you are even the, the idea of playing it behind closed doors if you play it behind closed doors you've got to refund mm. 50,000 tickets whereas if you hang on to them and say oh well hopefully we'll be able to reschedule it for the summer or we'll be able to reschedule it for sometime in and around the autumn internationals then maybe you have a chance of hanging on to that money um, which is a big thing like the, the IRFU's budget for the year is really really dependent on a good six nations yeah. in that kind of way and obviously that leads on to that paying players wages and that's paying coaches and it trickles down then through uh, the provinces and down to grassroots level to a certain extent Um so it it is something that I think they're they're hesitant to call it off. Yeah. But it's if, also the fact that nobody can get an idea of how long this is going to last, or uh, is it going? You know, how how bad yeah. is it going to get before it starts getting better, etc. If France were to win their next two games, will they even play the two Italian matches? Uh, again, see that's the thing. Like there's a, there's so many different rumors mm. going around now at this stage, and again, that's what so much of it comes down to. You know what I mean? I'm I'm sure there are the 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 skeptics that are thinking, you know what I mean? Is this going to be the one where people turn around and go, Look, did we actually need Italy at all? You know what I mean? There's already yeah. talk of them being dropped out of the Six Nations, okay. and possibly being replaced by South Africa. True. Um, that's you know what I mean, and it, you're kind of going. Will this act as a catalyst to that? God only knows, and I, I doubt they would. They would, but if it led to them trying something <coughs> out or trying something different, hmm. or like you said, if they just skip past the Italian games, you know, is that you know in a game that you don't play, is that that much of a of a a, a, break, a, a made up kind of result? Considering most people are going to run in a, a stack of tries against them. Yeah. Do, do you believe the South Africans are the ones that started with the crown virus, so to just to get Italy out of the Six Nations? No, no, that was the Nova virus. So would the two teams that are in the Pro 14, would that have been a little plant 
like a little seed planter potentially? Uh, possibly. A bigger picture potential to see logistically is it possible for them to come up and play or whatever? Yeah, see, I think, I think the logistics is a big thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like where the, you know, the, you have your, I can't even remember the, from the time we flew to South Africa how long mm. it takes. Because the time difference is not much, so but the, f- the time difference—that's the big thing. The time yeah. difference is the thing that isn't much. Yeah. Like they're playing when their their TV rights and their you know their viewership is all affected by trying to play games at times when it will also be appealing to the other teams in the championship. Mm. So if you've got teams spread out from uh, Argentina to um, South Africa then over to uh, New Zealand, Australia, and now Japan, if they go in. Mm. Um, it's, it's, you're basically playing games in the middle of the night for some people and Correct, at yeah. 3 o'clock in the morning for others, you know, that kind of way. So it's, it is something that they're, they're definitely... Be near prime time into. then. Um, now, is that a case? Of, is it a step closer to the, the, the World League that they were talking about? Mm. Is it a case that South Africa have just gone, well, we're not getting what we think we deserve or what, we, what we're hoping to get out of the championship. So we're going to uh, pin our flag to, to a different uh, championship altogether and maybe give the Six Nations a bash. Mm. It's hard to tell. Hard yeah. to tell. And again, there's all the, the rumours now about Six Nations possibly being put behind a paywall. Uh, there was articles there during the week of uh, the likes of Amazon uh, in talks trying to see if mm-hmm. they could put the Six Nations, you know what I mean, on a pay-per-view basis, which would be an absolute disaster for, for rugby in this country anyway, and probably around uh, the mm. rest of the Six Nations, I'd say. And wasn't there talk of Sky winning rights for the Six Nations? Yeah, well, that's the thing, but I, I think it's, it's one of those things that um, it's if they can maintain or if they can get it on the list of uh, matches that must be shown on free-to-air telly in Ireland. Mm. I think that's the thing. I think nobody would mind if it was on Sky Sports and you had the option of looking, watching the game with different commentary teams or with different analysis and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But you still, if you didn't pay for Sky Sports, you should still be able to watch it on Virgin or RTE yeah. or one of the, the the Irish terrestrial channels. I wonder if there's a possibility for that because, I mean, the... The Irish team, the football team, th- those yeah, games were, were, were kind of lost a little bit. The GAA have lost some of the games. You know, Absolutely. Irish TV have lost some of the games too to Sky Sports. So, but look, look at look at where rugby league has gone. Mm. You know what I mean? Rugby league back in the nineties was viewership wise was yeah. up there with rugby union. You know what I mean? It was professional. It, you had that uh, all star Wigan team with. Uh, Andy Farrell uh, and all of the Sean Edwards, that, Martin Afoya, Jason Robinson, Dennis Betts, yeah. Jason Robinson. You can like the Frano Bodica, yeah, yeah. The team was unbelievable. Yeah. But that whole thing, and then you had a fantastic Leeds team as well with Jonathan Davies and all these yeah. guys coming through. It was just unreal to watch. But then they went, oh, well, hang on, we can get multiples of what we're earning at the moment as a, as a league by switching over to Sky Sports. Yeah. And it just, it, it, you know, you might have got a couple of years where it got a bit of a boost, but then it just dies on its arse. Yeah. And the statistics are there. You're going to have six, one-sixth, or somewhere between a quarter and a sixth of the people that would watch it normally 
are going to watch it when it goes on to a, a subscription service. You know, be that a Sky Sports or yeah. with some of the newer things where you're getting the likes of uh, Amazon and Google and um, even Netflix are supposedly looking into some of these things. ESPN has done has had big drops in certain uh, viewerships, and it's a case of what do you want from your sports? You mm. know what I mean? Do you want it that it's just going to be something that the wealthiest people can watch it, and that you know the people who play it are going to be make loads of money off it, but inevitably it will end up kind of going pear shaped. The cricket's gone the same in England. Yeah, the county game's struggling. Tell me this: it, what kind of window does the Six Nations have to be able to fulfil its fixtures? Um, not a massive amount. But again, it's one of those things of it depends how much the the different international boards want it to take place. Like obviously, the uh, autumn international fixtures have been put in place already. Um, but it's going to be a case of can the RFU, the French, uh, the Welsh, the Irish, and all sit down and actually come up with a deal that will suit everybody. They're going to have to look at what fixtures have still left to be played. Mm. Um, you know, with it, I think the IRFU are probably in a handier position that they can dictate a little bit more because they own the contracts mm. for most of the big players. So they're able to turn around to the likes of Leinster and say, well, look, once we don't inflict on the Heineken Cup, let's say, can we get that in? But again, that November um, schedule, if you take when lads come back after yeah. their, their summer break, um, they're usually teeing up for the group stages in the Heineken Cup. Then they go into November internationals, a few more group stages, and then they have another kind of winter break and then into a few interprovincials, um, which most of them get the time off for. And then they're off then into the following year's Six Nations is only six, eight weeks after that, you know, that kind of way. So it is something that I, I really think it's going to have to be something that they have a look at and think, is it worth the money to try and reschedule it, or do we just cut our losses and say, right, well, whoever was on top at the end of that year gets an asterisk after their name, or, mm. you know what I mean, we just call it up as is, divvy up the money six ways, whatever the prize money was, and just say, here, look, best of luck to everybody, and we'll see you back next next February. Just a quick one to wrap up there, right? Uh, obviously, you, you dropped the hint to Shano, but uh, you're actually still technically... Working, you're not sitting on your arse. You're still competing. Castnock College are into the semis. Give us a give us a bit of a background on it. Uh, yeah, well, we had for the first time in God knows how long, twenty odd years now. We had um, or nearly twenty years. We had the seniors were in the semi final of the cup against of the Leinster Cup against Clongos there last Monday, and uh, having started off two tries up, we were narrowly defeated in the second half by a very very good Clongos side. So thereafter, heading off the following day, Newbridge played uh, St. Michael's, the so-called St. Michael's dream team. Yeah. Um, and Newbridge went and stuffed them in Donnybrook, <laughs> uh, which was lovely. So there's going to be an all-Kildare uh, final to the, the Leinster Schools Cup at senior level. And then next Monday, the Casanoff Juniors are still ticking away. So they've got uh, Black Rock of all people, on yeah. uh, Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock. So, so good year this year. Dinger as well. So, uh, yeah, onwards and upwards. And w- w- the will you season then kicks in in a couple of weeks' time. So. Will you get another run with them next year, or is the bulk of the seniors finished up? Uh, big chunk of the forwards. There's about 
pack are fixtures, so they'll be gone. Um, but the majority of the backs, uh, we've, I think, one transition year and four, four or five fifth years in the backs. Um, and that's just on the starting 15, and the majority of the bench Super. will be uh, made up of fifth years. So, no, it'll be a big, decent chunk of them now coming back next year, and hopefully a few lads stepping up to the plate then as well. Is it nothing like we've been saying for years that sometimes all you want is just one decent cup run to, you know, kind of reinvigorate people's motivations. There's kind of lads who've been on the fence of whether they'll play Dublin Minor or whether mm. they'll play schools rugby um, going into fifth or sixth year and things like this can kind of swing the balance towards uh, the rugby side of the argument. So please God now we'd, uh, we'll have a strong squad get together now. Don't want to say go all happy Gilmore and just say there's you know only 364 days to next year's tryouts, but uh, <laughs> yeah, say that's that, that's sort of us. We'll kind of we'll bleed into the the seventh season for a while, and then pre-season will probably start in late April, maybe early May. Great stuff. We'll keep working the magic there. Right, listen, there we're going to take a break. Thanks very much. <laughs> um, we we'll, listen. If this Six Nations ever gets finished, we'll get back on to to give a little bit of review. Uh, if not, it's. Uh, Arrivederci. We'll see you in November. <laughs> Thanks very much, sir. No worries, lads. Ciao. Ciao. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. You're listening to Liffy Sound on 96.4 FM. <laughs> yes. Goal one. Welcome back to the big kickoff and Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. You might recognise that yep. song. Dave, explain. Goal of the month on BBC. Used to get some crackers. Well, we've got goals of the season last week. Not just Flores. There was plenty more up in Derry. And then there was another great long-range effort. I can't remember the game. But great advertisement last weekend for the league. And, Super. And of course, Jack Bourne's uh, yep. beaut of a winner. On the line with the bigkickoff.com, Nathan Doyle. Nathan, how are you? Hey, lads. Good, great, great. Yeah, no, as I said to you, Dave is hugely excited about this. Uh, as I said, even today, Jordan Flores was on CNN and everything. It's they're already saying it's going to be in the top three for the Postgas Award. Super technique. Everyone on the mother was talking about it. Soccer AMs, all of the big outlets. It was a cracker, wasn't it? Oh, it was an absolute beauty. Like these sort of goals in Irish football come around. Yeah, rare, like not very often. And it's great to see how much is at the blowing up because yeah. it deserves it. If, if Messi done that, we'd be talking about it. Absolutely. The, the, um, the game itself was an absolute cracker. Yeah. It, it really served up what Irish football can be about. And with the crowd, 7,500, just everything fell into place that night. Yeah, especially it was great that that was one of the games that um, was on RTE because of the super advertising for the league. Mm. You know, you might have people that look like looking at the telly and saying, "God, I might go down and, and check that out." Because it was it was a mm. great game to watch. So, what, what what was your thoughts what, when you came away from looking at the two teams? What was your thoughts? I know you were you were at the Pats game yourself, but the Shamrock Rovers team, Dundalk team, did it give anything to us to say like that Shamrock Rovers are going to win the league or Dundalk going haven't aren't as strong or or is it just one of those games? I think. Um like as you know, it's it's only early days. But from what I did re- look at, and even looking at the the bench that Shamrock Rovers had to offer, mm. the strength and depth in that squad is unbelievable. Yeah, it really is, and I think that will be a big benefit them, especially this season compared to last season. Like, where if they lose one or two players, which he did, they were missing Graham Brook against yeah. Dundalk. 
who went down and scored five goals against Cork City. <laughs> but they could replace him easily. Mm. They replace him with, with Aaron Green. They have Aaron McInef on the bench also who can score goals. And even Gaffney so, coming in now as well. Yeah, Robbie Gaffney was a brilliant signing. Mm. Didn't really work out for him over in England, but we've seen what he could do at Limerick. And he, like, he's a natural goal scorer at this level. Tell us, Gaff. He will get him goal. Tell us, what's the difference between Gaffney and Green? I think Green, especially, you can. He's more comfortable, I think, out on the wings, especially out on the on the left hand side. Where I think Gaffney ups you more central and direct mm. um, like position up, up front, and I think he's he's more of a central striker. Where Green it does have a tendency to drift out to the left hand side or to the right hand side. Where I think Gaffney will give you that focal point even up top, and that will help lads to get forward. Yeah, I thought get more goals. I thought when Aaron Graham went through when he was one on one earlier on in the game, he looked slightly uncomfortable about mm. it. That he was thinking very much about how he was going to finish the one on one, and and of course it didn't in the end. There's uh, there's differences in uh, when you see uh, Huben who went through and little dink over yeah. the keeper. So uh, for me, it looks like Aaron Green isn't the natural finisher. Uh, he he needs it to be coming at him quick, fast, and 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 not much time to think. Yeah, just react yeah, really, yeah. doesn't he? Uh, yeah, definitely. But he he has been great for for Shamrock Rovers, and he is a good. He holds the ball up well. Uh, uh, he's a good target man. He just needs to convert more chances. You were at the game, which was there was about three thousand at Talca Park for Shelbourne Pats. What's going on with Pats? It was it was a disappointing one, I have to say, because Pats had most of the possession. And especially in the fourth half, Pats looked like the better team out of the two. But God, they, they couldn't break down that Shelbourne team for mm. love nor money. They really couldn't. And it looked like a lot of times, even when they had the ball, even like going to cross the ball, there was nobody in the, there was nobody making runs into the box. There was no ideas even from the midfield. Mm. So we had like Billy Kane to have the ball on the, on the left hand side, and it was just, it was beating the defender and then beating them again, and there was nobody really moving. So it was very. It was, it was tough to even to see where a goal was going to come from, to be honest with you. And what about Shelbourne? What were they like? What did they offer? What I, what I think they offered big time was um, this lad, uh, Gary Deegan, was fantastic yeah. in the central midfield. I really enjoyed him. Really enjoyed watching him play. I think he'll be, he'll be a big player there this season. He just calmed a lot of the younger guys down. He just brought a bit of a, of a, a, bit of a cool head to the game that was needed, especially when Pats are putting a lot of pressure on. Mm. So I did enjoy that. That side of them because they looked a bit. Shelbourne did look a bit ropey at times uh, at the back, especially with corners coming in. Okay. But I, I think Deegan really did calm a lot of things down in the midfield. And, and your prediction was mid table, higher mid table. Yeah, you still sit with that? It was six. I think it was about six. Yeah, sixth place. Yeah. Are they looking as good or better in outfit than you thought they were? I think they're looking a bit better than I thought. Okay. Because especially with, well, like I, I did say on my first time here that uh, I thought Deegan would be a big player, but with his age, it was hard to tell. But now he looks comfortable in the league at the moment. Now, so. Cork City, of course, playing Finn Harps. And when you look at that type of game, you're thinking, right, these are the games that are going to be crucial towards the end of the season. Uh, Cork had a disastrous start, but they got a 1-0 win at home to Finn Harps. And that, that's important, to get, especially just to get the three points on the board. Yeah, yeah, it's a big, it's a big one, because like we were saying, it's, that, that was already a big relegation six-pointer. Yeah. It really was. And, and, uh, and, and again, I believe that they had to sell a couple of... Was it contracts? It was. 
That's yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Cork at the moment. There seems to be a bit of money issues going on, doesn't yeah, there? Yeah, no, I think I think they're on a bit of trouble, all right. Yeah, because we were saying that he sold on the sell-on clause for Sean McGuire and everything yeah, before yeah. the start of the season, and I wonder what's going on there because like this is a side that not that long ago were league champions. Yeah, and now I think they've probably paid over the odds for what they, they their to get some players budget. down to Cork. Yeah, to get their players yeah. down to Cork. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, Derry City got a great win against Bowes yeah. two 0 Bowes are always a tricky outfit, and again, not a cracker there in individual goals. The cr- but, goal. Just before I say it, the crowds are decent. They're all in around the three thousand mark they're all now. Well up this yeah, year. yeah, they're, they're really impressive. But anyhow, Derry City, yeah, they needed it badly as well because they started off with a loss and, and a draw against Finn Harps, which didn't sit really well with them so uh, to beat Bowes 2-0 that was a little bit of a surprise for me to tell you the truth yeah and, and with the comfort that he beat them too like I've seen, I've seen a couple of highlights and stuff and they, they looked like they deserved the win and the 2-0 win didn't flatter them at all so I believe yeah yeah. this week we'll start with Pats Pats are a home to Cork Banker has to be a banker Nathan <laughs> no, another relegation six point right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. you'd like to think it's a banker wouldn't you you would like to think but I mean listen let's put it this way Cork are on the up Pats have lost the week before it, it is all about reactions now with Pats and, and of course Cork can they kick on I mean Neil Fenn's getting slated left right and yeah. centre may very well not be his fault but He's getting slated left, right and uh, centre, especially when he left Longford that time. Uh, everyone was saying, what, what's he leaving Longford now to go to, to, to Cork for? But uh, he, he kind of needs to prove himself now a little bit there. I'd say he's under a bit of pressure. Yeah, these are the games that he's going to have to really start getting points up. Like it's, he won't be too disheartened getting beaten by like the Shamrock Rovers defeat. As, as bad as the 6 nil was, he'll be, the games he'll be judged on will be the Finn Harps games, will be the Sligo games. Yeah. It will even, mm. even be the Pat game. Yeah, so yeah. this is the sort of game that he really will. He'd be looking to even get a point out of Richmond Park, and I'd say he'd be very happy with that. Yeah, uh, Waterford kind of need to do something themselves because they've two straight defeats belief. in a row. Yeah, and they're playing Derry again. Very interesting to see now if they can get a bit of consistency onto their game. I know they had two tough games at the start of the season, but what's your thoughts on the, the Waterford Derry one? Yeah, it's, I, I do fancy Derry again because, like you said, he had a very good, convincing win against Bohemians. The Waterford one is very strange because I've seen Waterford in the opening game of the season in Richmond and I was, I was impressed. I was impressed by what he had. But he, I just, he just, just haven't kicked on at all since the first win. Now, I know, like we said, they've had, some, they've had a tough start. They probably have the toughest start of everybody, anybody in the league. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. And I don't know, it's a strange one because you have a couple of good players there. This lad, uh, Tyreek Wilson, out on the left, uh, left-hand side, the left-back, Mm. Seems, a, seems a very good player and even Michael O'Connor up top he will cause a bit of damage to the Derry City defence yeah Derry City to win that one anyhow Bowes Shelbourne yeah. local derby it's, it's, I say Dave is sweating already is he Dave. never <laughs> <laughs> never with Shelbourne continue the way they've been continuing is, is, is this and it's the recipe for a good game it is a recipe yeah. for a good game isn't it and yeah. what do you reckon do you, do, you, do you reckon Shelbourne have it in them to beat them I think they do. I think it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, we've lost we've lost Nathan there. Yeah, <laughs> can you hear him? I can't. Oh, can you hear? Him? Oh, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. God, two shows in, I got the sack. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to sit on the fence with this one a draw? 
No, I'm about to get sacked off, Dave. I'm not, I might as well just go by shells now, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> fair deals, fair deals. What are they going to do? Sack me again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think like both are coming off uh, a big loss to Derry City. Like said, like True. It's, all, yeah. it's all about reaction. Yeah. 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 That could be potentially the pick of the five games this week, yeah. would it be, to watch? Yeah. Or potentially? I think it'd be an interesting yeah. game yeah. to see. Yeah, now. Of course, will you get a ticket? Are they sold out for all the Sold games? out. Bowls yeah, pretty much taken for granted are sold out for yeah. it. Maybe the Finn Harps or that other shower down in Inchcar might get a ticket against them because there'll be no one at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'd be liking and cheering competition <laughs> for your tickets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the next game is uh, Finn Harps and Dundalk and uh, if Jordan Flores doesn't score a, a cracker, everyone's <laughs> going to be very disappointed. <laughs> he needs to do it week in, week out. Yeah, it's, it's, is this a formality? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I think now we are talking about Pat being the banker. I think this is the banker for me. Like, Bally Buffet is always a tough place to go. Mm. It's, it's, it's like the pitch is always like so it's a very narrow pitch, so which did, that went off to the dock. And again, the dock coming off a tough loss, but that free and half team looked very poor yeah, against Cork City. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I, I would fancy the dock now. Yeah. Yeah, Flores probably get a goal of the century or something. Yeah, I, I, I tap in to do at this stage. Yeah, now, yeah he's yeah, made yeah. his, he's made he's his career now. And then the last one's the clash of the Rovers, Sligo versus Shamrock. Um, again, you would think that this is yeah. a formality, but sit down at the showgrounds, you'd expect Sligo to put a bit of a fight up, wouldn't you? Yeah, they will. Yeah, I, I, I think they will. I, they got this new lad in. Uh, Ryan DeVoyers De or something they got him in from obviously oh, playing football in Japan a new striker <laughs> he got he got international clearance during the week mm-hmm. so they'll be looking for him for goals because he hasn't scored a goal all season yeah, so that's, yeah. that's the main thing is just get on the score sheet yeah. that would be the big thing for this game just get something something to get the fans excited something to get the slides off, feet, off their feet well Rovers are 4 out of 4 top of the league 12 points uh, goal difference is great it's got twelve it, goals and four. And games, as you said, yeah, and the squad, squad really. the squad is a, a strong squad. It, it could very well be this year. It's very early. It's only the game week five, yeah, so you, yeah, you, yeah. You, you can't read that into it. But they have been progressing year after year after year to get to where they are now. You really couldn't, you know, they, you could really see them do it this year. Really could yeah, see them do it this yeah, year. I, I, I think it wouldn't be writing them off at the like at the moment. They just they look the strongest out of everybody, don't they? Yeah. Now the Hall of Fame. Premier League set up this Hall of Fame. We talked about it briefly last week about who the first two to go into it was. You wrote a, an article on thebigkickoff.com and uh, you had uh, top five and you had a few honourable mentions outside the top five. When you named them off, it's nearly like you... It's hard to believe they don't make a top five, but you got the likes of Dennis Bearcamp, Frank Lampard. These are legends. These are not in the top five. These are yeah. not in the top five. Yeah. Steven Gerrard never mm. won a title. Yeah, you can't. No, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Paul Scholes, Letitia, Cantona, Roy Keane, Zola, Czech, Schmeichel. I mean, there's so, who's so in the top many, five then? so many big names. So we go at number five. All right, and, and we'll have to compare them because these honourable mentions go for it, didn't yeah. get in. So top five. Uh, John Terry. Do you yeah, want to talk about John Terry? Oh. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't the... Um, that was a really controversial start on my end, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I'll give you that. I will give you that. No, I just think, like... He was such a consistent figure for Chelsea for over 15 years. Like He was begrudgingly consistent. Yeah, I, I, I'm not his biggest fan. Like, no. Like, personally, I'm not his biggest fan. Like, but um, I think if we looked at similar centre-backs... 
during his time, like you now, like at Rio Ferdinand, yeah, Nemanja Vidic. Yeah. I, yeah, I just think that he's he's done it for longer in the league while having. Yeah. It, now the, the the United players did have more success, but he still had a continuation of success. So how do you how do you judge someone who is it by titles or is it by no, performances? I, I, took a, I, I took a mix of longevity in the league. Okay. And obviously I, I, I did take in titles, which was why Gerard did miss out. Like I'm a big fan of Gerard, mm. even though not a Liverpool fan, but you have to respect what the man done in the league. But that's why later that did miss out. So I, did, I took in longevity, um, title wins, and then just overall performances in the league over the years. Uh, Paul Scholes, Roy Keane, did they tick them boxes? Yeah, it was a toss up between um, them two and my number four pick, to be honest. Which oh, is was, your number yeah, four? It was, just, it was just a shot in the dark, really. Who's number four? Uh, Patrick Vieira, number four. Patrick oh, Vieira, now this yeah. is, this is more controversial than John yeah. Terry. You know, John Terry has to jump on the bandwagon somewhere. He'll always get it, sneak in there somehow. So we'll, we, we let him off at that. Patrick Vieira. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so league titles, Patrick Vieira has? He has three, I believe. Yeah, okay. Uh, Paul Scholes, Roy Keane. Oh, they have much more. Oh, the right, so. Patrick Vieira, he's the captain of the Invincible team of Arsenal. That, when we give him that one okay it's, it's, it's no mean fee which is probably something that no footballer will ever do again thankfully please <laughs> say that now thank you Watford I appreciate it he's gone again I missed him there again that's twice now there's a dodgy line there <laughs> so, over <laughs> so Patrick Vieira so the invincible thing trumps yeah I get it trumps yeah, six or seven eight league titles I think it'd have to, yeah. Like the invincible team would never be done again. If, and if it is done again, it, it'll be. I, I personally, I can't say it being done again. Is it? Is it? It's a big achievement. Is the, are, is the league harder now than then, or is it much and muchness? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a much and muchness because back then, like you had like you know your Arsenal, your Manchester United, even yeah, Liverpool was saying. Ah no, you didn't have Liverpool. Don't don't mess. <laughs> I'm just trying to get Dave back on my side. <laughs> but uh, it's 2004, wasn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, 2003, 2004. Yeah, yeah, we, we, so, we were but, trying. But now, but, but now we've, we've had the rise of Man City's sports are coming into it now. So, mm. so it is a much of emotion. You have the same amount of the team. Yeah, gone with yeah, it. yeah. All right, listen, but, I, I won't agree with you on Vieira um, because <laughs> I, I just don't agree. But, uh, but uh, what a player, anyhow. Brilliant player. Right. Number three. Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry. Yeah. Now, it is another invincible, so I, I, I'm, I'm guessing Lehman's going to be in there somewhere, is he? Cause he's yeah. <laughs> uh, Edir, Edir was number, number two. And, uh, <laughs> and their physio was number one. Yeah. yeah, Thierry Henry, listen, I don't think anyone can complain, even though Dave's shaking his head over here. I don't think anyone two can complain. Two gooners. I thought he was the one invincible. There's two of them. Two. Two gooners. But Henry. Well, ah, yeah. Well, Henry was more than the invincible, though, wasn't he? Like, yeah, he's, he's the highest score. He's the highest um, score and Arsenal player of all time. Yeah, yeah, like, and he scored absolute belters. Oh, he was a super player. Just, he didn't even run on the pitch. He glided. Glide, yeah. yeah, and it was the type of goals that he scored. I mean, he yeah. scored 176 goals in 254 league games, but you there, a lot of those were memorable. The goals. individual goal yeah. against Liverpool, super. Yeah, the flick up and volley against. Uh, United. <laughs> what was his back heel against Charlton? Was it? Oh, Charlton? yeah, yeah, lovely goal that too. 
Yeah, no, but he, as you said, he done it with ease. Even when he was curling ones into the top corner, it was just stroked in and, cur- you know, it was yeah, so when effortless. He, when he yeah. cut in and there's a defender in front of him, you, you still know he's going to bend it around yeah. him inside the And there's post. nothing you can do about yeah. it, yeah. Probably one of the most finesse players to ever play in the league. Yeah, nice word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful yeah. To watch. yeah. All right, you're, you're reeling me in again. Henri, number two. Uh, number two was Ryan Giggs. Ryan Giggs. Okay, we're getting there. Um, I, I, I think, yeah, I think well, we're in we're in Premier League royalty now, really, aren't we? Yeah, he is. 100%. Without question. Yeah. The ultimate scored. What was it, 21 consecutive seasons in a row? seasons. He's the second highest 13 Premier League, League titles. Yeah, 13 Premier League titles. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, you just can't not. It's un, in my opinion, no. it's undebatable. Yeah, it's undebatable. I, 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 I could have just put, it's Ryan Giggs and left it at that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> so we leave it at that. Number one. Alan Shearer. Shearer! I knew it. <laughs> no, in fairness, that's what we said last week. They were the two. Yeah, oh, yeah. They have to be the two, don't they? Yeah. They have to be. I just I push Shira in a head just because of the uh, the all time goal scorer. Yeah, play. yeah, hundred percent. That was my only reason behind it, to be honest. Yeah, and in fairness, with the teams he was playing with, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they don't challenge for the league. With like Southampton's, your Black, uh, Blackburns, and then Newcastle. Like. Yeah, I mean Blackburn had their, their yeah, he had the one season, had their one season, league, yeah. yeah, bit like well, most, bit like Liverpool part. this year, and then <laughs> New uh, Newcastle. I mean, he they did get close. And they were in the Champions League, weren't they? But yeah, they, st- they, st- they still had to do a lot in that team to, to score the amount of goals, you know. So, And he only probably did it, when you think about it, he finished earlier than we think. He probably only did about 10 or 12 seasons in the Premier League. Would I be right in saying that? <sighs> That's a good right. I think that. he did, because did he? he would have started no, at Southampton I, I, in the first division. Yeah, I did. I think he when did he retire? I'm trying to remember. Actually, no, yeah, it was a bit later than that, because remember him and Owen played up front, and Owen didn't come back. Actually, yeah, shut up, Dave. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, shut yeah, up now. yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I listen. Yeah, yeah, no, he yeah. was. Listen, we can't we can't disagree. Yeah. Ryan Giggs they and, were and, and Alan Shearer. So they're they're the bankers nearly. If anyone else goes in yeah. to that Hall of Fame, but it is a fan vote, isn't it? Oh yeah, it so is. Rory yeah. Delap has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Irish are going to get involved, and in if the Irish are allowed to vote, you know we're going to throw a spanner in the works. <laughs> oh, Richard Dawn is going in. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, watch this space. There will be something, and they'll have to cancel it or do something mad. We have the internationals coming up as well, Nathan. The Ireland-Slovakia qualifier playoff game. We're not expecting any surprises really for that for that squad, are we? For the squad, no. Um, not really. I'd, do you know who I'd, I'd have a little... Not stare at them, but I'd, I'd probably look at them for the squad. Owen Doyle. Surely he's worth a goal, is he? Well, he's scoring goals. Five goals now. He's got another two with the, during the week. Yeah, yeah, he got his twenty-fifth goal of the season. Yeah. Now, I, I know the level isn't great. It's not, yeah, it's not yeah. fantastic. But he's in form. That's more than most more, more than most strikers in, in the yeah. squad. Yeah, well, Scott Hogan has scored three in his last yeah. seven hundred and fifty games. So yeah, yeah. you know, Paddy, anyone's Paddy worth a shout. Yeah, Paddy Madden's on a decent run down there too in League One. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Shane Long will get in though. <laughs> yeah, you'd imagine Shane Law and Dave McGoldrick. Uh, you won't be too worried about Owen Doyle. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And, uh, no, I think I think he'll go very conservative and, and put the players yeah. in that he knows can yeah. do a job. He stick to the lads that got him there. I think. I think so. I think so. Yeah. So uh, Jack Bourne and may, may may make a squad, but may not make an appearance. Yeah. So. Okay. Listen, Nathan. We'll uh, talk to you again soon. 
the bigkickoff.com is where you can catch uh, any of Nathan's articles, which are great to read. And of course, Nathan will be on probably every other week now, Nathan. You're going to be becoming a regular fixture at this stage. We'll see. Oh, brilliant. We'll <laughs> see. The, the, the listenership is going to drop after you saying that. Sorry, but that <laughs> oh, no, he's right. We'll see. <laughs> Nathan, thanks for joining us. I'm again, Top man, Nathan. Look, be good. Bye, bye, bye. Tune to Lippy Sound 96.4 FM. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. You know you're back. 3 0 up against Derby County. So, and Wayne Rooney got a yellow card. With two. Yeah, so, yeah, that's it. That's an interesting one, but you kind of do expect them to win that. So, they're in a nice little habit at the moment. Yeah. And of course, the draw was made, and uh, United got Norwich, Norwich, Liverpool, you know, Chelsea, as you know. Do you know what? It was actually a good game. It was manic. It was a manic game, Liverpool Chelsea, 100 mile an hour. First half was brilliant. But yeah. Talk about what you were talking to. Oh, anyway, yeah, just a little bit because, like, it's a bit, it, it kind of made me think a bit because of the whole Azinger thing, and we'll come to that in a second. But I just noticed once or twice last year and thought nothing of it. We were flying, and of course, he's the greatest defender at the moment, and they were waxing lyrical about Neville just wouldn't shut up for a while. It was like the, the second coming almost. And. I've watched them closer in the second half of the season because we're getting to the business end and you're mm. more tense and you, every game, you know that advantage that you have. You're like, geez, I hope we keep it. And you're really watching all the games. And there was one game, I can't remember, it was in Anfield and he stands off a bit and he kind of makes them make the, 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 the decision. And he was about 40 yards away and he backed off, backed off and then I was getting to the, okay, make, make a yard, make a step. And he didn't and it was like, great grand, your man pulled a shot. The game after happened again. Okay, step out, get at him. Didn't do it. And I was like, what the... F-? And I was getting annoyed. And then we looked at the clip just because I wanted to know did anyone else notice it because I didn't notice much coverage or much mention because obviously he's one of the stars of the league so we maybe we can't be critical of him. But that goal, the first goal against Watford was shocking. He stood right in front of him and did nothing. Well, I found it... Let ve- the cross come across. Yeah, I found it very interesting. When I seen it, I was like, what, what's he doing? Why, yeah. why hasn't he put his leg out to try and block it? Yeah. Uh, there was no effort. Yeah. Like, absolutely zero effort. He was just standing up and it was nearly... And it's ne- not up for debate. The, the, I'm not making this up. Check the clip. He does nothing. No, no effort. Lindelof had it done it. He'd have been battered. Yeah. Battered. But Lindelof wouldn't because he'd try. <laughs> yeah. So but I'm just but, trying to use that as an analogy. But it was interesting. Isn't it? And this is not a, a criticism no. of how Van Dyke is playing, but it's just something that's starting to creep in, isn't it? Yeah. Because when you looked at and again, oh, starting <clears> to <throat> blow up and his face went. The comment after the game, they met, they sort of acknowledged it. Yeah, oh, Van Dyke didn't could have done better. Protect there, the brand, or, or, but that was it. Protect they didn't the brand, discuss yeah. it. If it was anyone else, let's put it this way: if it was Paul Pogba, remember Darmian? Perfect. Over. Remember Darmian? It's a it's a it's a half a yard, Gary. Remember yeah. Roy Keane? Yeah. It's a half a yard. Yeah, yeah. If Keane was doing that one, that's a, he he'd have been on it. I I believe yeah. the one against Chelsea, yeah. where the keeper spilled. We watched it, that a little bit today, and, and we watched a little bit just before we came on the show. And again, yeah, ball went out to William. Van just Dijk, stood still. Van Dijk was in the perfect position. Yeah. He was between the he was in the line of of, yeah. of the ball. He may, not, normally, naturally, your movement is take a step forward yeah. to close down yeah. the space, all right? So you take a step or two just slightly forward. But what he did was he stayed where he was, and when, when the shot was about to come in, he S- turned his down. back t- to the yeah. side, or turned himself yeah. to the side, stepped to the right yeah. to let the ball go through, and then tried to flick up his ankle and his leg. And because Adrian fluffed it then, he probably gets the majority of the stick. Yeah. Now, we're not 
going to start saying he's ordinary or not even ordinary, but it's kind of like, just watch it. Just but see if you I'm, can see it too, if you know what I mean. For me, it's not what, is he Is he a good defender? He's not. We know he's a good defender. Yeah. What I'm saying to you is, is, is there a bit of a, a mentality change? Because you're looking exactly. at Liverpool, they're, they're struggling for results just yeah. at the moment. Have they relaxed too much? Have they relaxed too yeah. much? Yeah. yeah, possibly, possibly. And and because he's such a big mm. person for them on the pitch, yeah. a, good, a leader, yeah. that if he drops his level yeah. and the intensity... But then yeah, because Lovren would have got a bit of stick on Saturday because, oh, Lovren's back, that's why we lost. And you're like, well... well he got a lot of stick. Yeah, and Lovren did. And yeah. I'm like, well, he didn't cause the first one. No. Um, second one, probably. the two of them probably did. They were a bit flat. He was a bit flat, I yeah, think. Yeah, the two of them were. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's going to get the blame for it. And the other, and I'm not bringing it up now because they're losing. I've noticed this since the new year and he did it once or twice last year, but it worked out in his favour last year, making them make the decision, like I told you about the Lucas Mora one, and yeah. it was 2v1. But it's just other people. Just watch it and see what you think because there's times where I've kind of started to roar to tell you going, just get out of the yard, get at him. Yeah. Where's this, where's the stereotypical throw your legs out and block it like you would a Vidic, your Carragher's, Terry's, all the Bruce's and Pallister's. They've marks on them up yeah. and down their body because they get in the way. Van Dijk is big and massive. There's no reason why you shouldn't be using it, in my opinion, a bit more. Yeah. So this led us on to the conversation of, well... Why wasn't he criticised for this? And as you said, are they trying to protect the brand? Van Dijk yeah. is the best defender in the world. He's playing in our league. And then the Paul Eisinger thing popped up. Yeah, and the reason, obviously everyone knows he kind of potentially was derogatory to that tour when he was saying, oh, he needs to come over here and win in order to be really regarded as a player, Tommy Fleetwood. Mm. And he kind of blew up, not really blew up, but he just didn't win. But he was kind of referring to that tour and whatever. And a lot of the European guys, uh, Polt or Westwood, all jumped on it and Bjorn, oh, we'll see in September, or kept Ryder Cup referencing. And McElroy was a bit more balanced about it yesterday going, it does sound condescending, it did sound patronising. But maybe... That's not what he meant it to be, but it did sound that way. And maybe that's what it was. But Bob Costas, who is a very famous name with NBC for nearly 40 years, kind of alluded to it as well, that potentially it was a chance for him to big up the PGA Tour brand and it might have come out the wrong way because he got into a bit of bother, not last year, the year before, when I can't remember who the guy was. It was the week or two before the Masters. And the first question, the very first question he said off the course was, that must be great now coming up with the run into the Masters to give you a fill up. And he got given out by his bosses. Why did the first question you should have, should have said was, that's a great 500 points for the FedEx Cup race because they're the ones who have the coverage of FedEx Cup race and they don't have for the Masters. Yeah. And he's got himself into bother over the years with the NFL because he championed the whole concussion thing. And they reckon that was the catalyst. The concussion part was the catalyst for him to lose his job at the NBC because the NFL finally said, we need to... You know, they played their part in slowly but surely... Uh, Phasing them out because, you know, big up what we televised, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it made you think a little bit. And, of course, I've seen that again with the whole Van Dyke thing or just in general certain aspects because sometimes even your characters and Neville's are very good with their opinions. But then the odd time they send, say something that you're going, really? sounds a bit of a company policy yeah. line here. You're a bit out there. And you see the Sky Sports News coverage, like, you know, the FA Cup, very minimal. Very, very minimal. They don't have it. Yeah. You know, Um World title fights, if they're on BT. I remember Josh uh, Warrington and Framptons, little or nothing. Um, there was a tiny bit more of Fury and Wilder, but they were probably looking ahead going, we need to get this, keep it bubbling, because as soon as it's over, you know if it's Fury, it's going to be the two of them. Yeah. So there's been a lot of coverage in that sense. But backing up the brands, and 
obviously we us as punters we could get sucked into certain opinions that might necessarily be true so it's very much like just you know take some of these things with a pinch of salt it's like a bit like the papers don't believe everything you read and it's a it's potentially a bit similar with TV nowadays because that's what Costa said it could be more just Azinger thinks it's a chance for it to big up the tour at the European tour's expense but obviously he's made mm-hmm. a, a bit of a ball yeah, of how think, he said it I do think he came across 100% 100% wrong like that tour when you say that tour and that, yeah. that shows the lack of respect for it the language yeah do you think though that is how they think I'd say a lot of them would without a shadow of a deal a so lot of them would not necessarily just on the brand side of thing and trying to big it up well, but maybe there is that well in America there is a they, arrogance they, well there is and it's, it, I think that goes with a question um, some of it does be deserved but some of it's potentially a bit of ignorance and I was listening to a podcast there No Layup uh, it's a big golf, golf podcast one, no, and I was yeah. listening to it this morning because I wanted to see what they were getting at and they were kind of going yeah bit of a dick move they said like the way he said it and stuff but one of them looked into some of the facts and they've a rating uh, like a uh, a field rating of every tournament yeah and Fleetwood won in Abu Dhabi and I can't think of the other one but they were, it, the ratings was 310 and 270 but the field rating for the weekend just gone was like 220 so they're kind of saying listen this guy has won in big events as big as what was that at the weekend. Not every PGA Tour event is bigger than others. Mm. And all this kind of crack. So they were kind of saying, yeah, Fleetwood's a top player. You know, it just didn't happen at the weekend. But And they were looking at it going, yeah. they'll." And then one of them said, listen, I agree. I think it was a dick phrase and all that. But he said a quote, in order to really make it big, you have to win in America. And the, 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 who said that? He goes, Tommy Fleetwood said it a few weeks ago or a few months ago. So... There's a bit of truth in what Azinger is saying, but it's how he said it. Yeah. That seems to be the biggest um, bone of contention with a few people. But yeah. Fleetwood even said it, apparently, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. that you do need to cut your teeth over there as well. Well, I think it's both ways. Yeah. I, I, you'd like to see more Americans go on the European tour and see yeah. how they fare out there as well, yeah. because they can't really talk about the European tour in that way unless yeah. they've actually been over whatever there, about the quality, experience it. Whatever about the quality, definitely the money's in America. Like, yeah. no one's yeah. oh, about that's it. But quality... It could be up for it could be up for yeah. a debate. Anyway, one way or the other, they've spiced up the Ryder Cup. No end. And, exactly. And does Mr. Ryder Cup does does he does he gone Paul G it up there a bit? And in fairness, the the TV crowds are going to capitalize yeah, on that, and they're going to quote that, and they're going to quote the tweets, and they're going to quote what other people are saying. Yeah, it's going to spice it up. Now, just before we finish, and we're going to finish now because <laughs> we're right on the button. Yeah, the women's. World Cup, Cricket World Cup, the semi-finals yes. were on today. Australia uh, got through, oh, yeah. beat South Africa. They, they're through. India yeah. qualified to well, the they beat final. Australia in the group stages. Oh, they did, but they qualified today without playing. Not a ball bowled because the game oh. was rained off against England. And they have a better record. And because they England <sighs> lost their uh, one game, oh. India didn't, they go straight through. That's got to hurt. No, it's it's... There has to be a change in the rules there because what they said was they didn't have a day available for it to be played. That's got to hurt. That game was called off in the morning. Australia played straight after the rainstorm and that was it. Tomorrow is a leisure day. Mm -hmm. The game's not until Sunday. Tomorrow is a leisure day where they're all going out shopping and golfing and whatever it is. India probably wouldn't fight it. 
But because they haven't been in a final before, you yeah. see. England have. England obviously we we'll play tomorrow. We don't mind yeah. playing two days in a row. While our India we're going, oh, we we're not doing it. Good, screw you. And this is this is a bone of contention with me because mm. when you look at people who are running organisations, I've said I've said it about different organisations in Ireland. Uh, you think about some in England, but this is a cricket one. You think some in some sports, someone has to. How be, many people live in India? Billion people. Big money. The rules. No, are, but this. No, I'm kind of. But the rules could have went the other. Yeah, but the other. It. The rules could have went the other way in favour for England on mm. it, and it still wouldn't have been fair. No, because you should have to play a semi final. You should not get through a semi final. You think about it. There could, there, there's girls in that team, in the England team, and it could very well have been the India team who have worked their arse off for years to yeah. get to this point. And to be knocked out without even... It should be in the rules. Game. Listen, we have up until a certain time the day before to play this fixture. And if for some bizarre reason it rains off, well then, fair enough. This is the rule. Not just, oh, it's off, duff. But there's day, there's day spare, so they could very well No, but that's what I'm saying, tomorrow. up until, as yeah. you said, yeah, tomorrow. And just very briefly, John O'Carroll, uh, big bearded John O'Carroll, who lost out to Kevin, uh, to, uh, Tevin Farmer last year. He's up against Scott Quigg. He grinds my gears. That's on Saturday night. Might be a step too far. I'm not sure. It's hard to tell. It's quick on the way down. But anyway, it's, it should be a good one. Um, there you go. That's about it. And then uh, two-parter starting on Monday night, half nine. It's about the Jack Charlton era. It's on RT1. Don't know the official name, but get on it. Half nine, Monday night, RT1. Talk to you next week.